0: Well, we're here with Billy Lucci, Tex-Aggs, the man himself. No one better covers Texas A&M the tex Eggs and, and Billy Lucci, you spearhead that thing, so really appreciate you coming by with us.
1: Absolutely. I'm, when you, when you told, asked me to come on, I was like, hell yeah, I, I love what you guys do. You know that. And uh, y'all are just entertaining, man, and very, you know, you can get a lot of information you you guys do great at interviewing the guests, but you keep it fun, yeah. and I just love that. Like, especially in this league, yeah. Yeah. and it's so serious. Absolutely. And you got coaches wanting to kill each other, and fan bases going nuts. And you know, like you're gonna, you guys put yourself out there every week. And for my thing is for everyone that that goes nuts and gripes and complains, there's hundreds of people that y'all are. Uh, Keep it informed and entertained every day. So yeah. keep it up, Thank you. I, man. I just love the way, I love the way you guys are have grown it from just literally the ground up, yeah. and it just, I mean, y'all are known throughout the SEC now. That ain't an easy thing to do. <laughs> That's at not all. always a good thing either. You know? It is though. It is. It <laughs> is. You know that. Absolutely. Well,
2: hey, man, I'd love to talk about me all day long. But, yeah. <laughs> I did you know I we want to go back to last year yep. and and we're going to go briefly but it was not a successful season clearly but from your perspective is that I mean is that something you you like or I mean obviously you like to win and yeah. everything like that but you know what I'm saying everybody had their eyes on Texas A&M last year and it felt like for the wrong reasons yeah so compared to this season what is uh, I mean You've had successful seasons, bad seasons. Just just your perspective of, of how last
1: year played out. It's really interesting because I, you know, really – I won't say all I know, but what I know is A&M football. Not only A&M football, A&M sports. I understand, like, the Aggie psyche. Yeah. As you guys, you know, when you, when you just went to a school and, and then that's what you – I've seen it all. Yeah. Except championships. But I've seen it all. But <laughs> – it is Texas A and M sports teams always, and I think this goes back to just the Aggie and, and the blue collar you know, beginnings, the humble beginnings of the university, and, and everybody going off to war. During, you know, and during you know the World Wars and being an all male military for so long, they just a, a Texas A and M teams seem to be at their best always when they feel disrespected yeah. or when they feel like there's a chip on the shoulder and there's something to prove. You go back to Billy Gillespie and some of those best AM basketball teams, Buzz Williams these last couple of years when, when when they're struggling in the non-conference and they make these runs, and even Buzz's rant last year when they didn't get into the tournament. and Aggie baseball a couple of years ago, they lose to Penn, a series to Penn, and then go to Omaha it, when they're – when they're counted out, a And M sports teams seem to be at their best. I don't under, I, I can't put my finger on why, but it's just been the case. Yeah. To lose seven games last year, they were embarrassed. I know Jimbo was embarrassed in what happened on the field. I know the players. They come in every day. Connor Wigman is sitting there looking at the QB rankings. Every he's like, I don't pay attention to it. I go, but you, you are keeping score. He's like, you know I am. <laughs> you know, like you heard yeah. of Nias this week. Yeah. They – I'm not happy they lost seven. That was painful to watch. But they were such a young team. I thought they were way overrated. And I think we, at six, when you didn't return a starting quarterback, you had a very young line and you were going to play 17- and 18-year-old true freshmen on the D-line. That ain't a winning formula in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd go five and seven. I thought they should have been, like, ranked in the top 15, not the top six. The wheels fell off, and I do think uh, a humbled and hungry A&M team should be much improved this year. It, it
2: feels it feels like that's the theme. And, and, and one of the things that caught me with Jimbo in the big room the other day was the not just accountability from him. Obviously, that's what the head coach has got to say. But he was talking about these boys in the locker room. Yeah. And, and you're talking about the chip on the shoulder. So, I feel like that's been kind of the narrative here is like, hey, it's it's time to
1: put up or shut up. Yeah. You know? And, and it is, you know, it's your six and, and I'm not saying they have to go from five wins to, to winning the SEC or playing for it, but they have to be they have to matter in the SEC this year. They have to be relevant and that includes big wins. That includes getting out of September intact yeah. at Miami, Auburn, you know, early. I think I think people are saying, Well, you'd rather catch you freeze early than late. I kinda disagree. I think early is scarier because there's a lot of unknown, right. both with their personnel, what they're going to do. I think later, teams start to figure them out. The depth catches up. Miami, Auburn, and Arkansas in September. If a And M, and they don't have to go three and zero in those, they could go two and one and beat Alabama and the whole thing changes. But if they do go three and zero, and I don't care if they're all by one point, and I don't care if Arkansas. Doinks one off the goal post. They, if they go 3-0, oh, I, I believe they'll be the surprise team in the SEC because I think they're just going to keep just getting better, up. and I think they have depth. But, yeah, if they're good enough to win, I don't think those are great teams, but beat three dangerous teams, a couple good teams maybe in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they emerge as, as a surprise team in the league.
0: So I opened this event Monday morning it was on tex Yeah. between David Nuno. All of you can, and yep. two of the best out there. And we were ready to bury the hatchet. And I was, I was trying to get them going <laughs> a little bit here. See if I can, if I can get you going. And they, no pushback here. It shocked me. I said, if Jimbo does not win eight games this year, you have to fire his ass. And you, they, they didn't say yes. Yeah. But they said, they didn't say no. And they said, he has got to win. So what, what would you I'll say? Tell, to that? Here's
1: you what play? I would say to that. I I, nine is short of something crazy happening. Nine is my number Mm -hmm. where I say, if they go nine and three, I'm 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 not, you know, like hey, I'm really happy with nine wins. And you're but the bounce back, I'll say okay, and particularly I kind of add that and win a bowl game, Mm -hmm. ten and three from five and seven. Uh, if they go ten and two, and they're playing in a New Year Six, yeah. it's, it's one. Of the, he right. might he'll be in contention. And that's for about SEC what I think they'll do. do. Ten and two this year. If they do that, I, I think that would be a great year. And I think nine and three with a bowl win. If you think about the path to get to nine, kind of a couple wins there he'd have to get. I'd be pretty excited. Say, so, okay, this thing worked. That would probably mean that the quarterback play was good. That would probably mean that the Bobby Petrino thing worked out. Eight, I'll tell you this. I would be absolutely shocked i would not at all expect them to fire me and it's a contract thing there yeah um to me i would be bitterly disappointed in like a seven and five Mm -hmm. eight and four doesn't do much for me that's getting back to what a&m's kind of been since joining the and I, i always argue with people like longhorns and by the way good luck with them (laughs) <laughs> you, you're gonna. I'm, I'm oh, gonna I ask got you your back, I'm, I'm but be right. Yeah, that. but A&M's been a good program since they joined the SEC. They haven't been great, but they've been good. They had in in eleven years, they've had two top five finishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've won a Heisman. They've, you know, they've beaten Bama twice. They've won you know three of the last five against LSU. They, they have been a good program. I think they're the fifth out of fourteen yeah, since they've top joined. Top half, no doubt. But They haven't been great, and you hired Jimbo to be great. You built all these facilities to be great, and if you go by there today, they're building them $200 million more of it. So, yeah, there's an expectation level that's higher than eight and four, but I think it's a a nuanced discussion now because of the contract and stuff. And I'll say this, just from talking to Jimbo, he gets that and he's not happy with how the last two years somebody said well he's probably just you know he doesn't care because they can just buy him out that's not how he thinks it's not how he got to where he got i think half the reason he doesn't mention that he's turning over play calling to petrino even though bobby is going to call plays is because he's just that competitive and that you know prideful about it and stuff and i just think he's like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'm not gonna sit here and explain it and for better or worse, right, I think we all have our our personality traits for we you well for better or worse, yep. but yeah I think i don't think there would be change at that um, i'd be really disappointed you know if they went from five and seven to seven and five because there's too much talent mm-hmm. there's too much talent they've recruited too much talent there, yeah. there's there's too much at stake you know and and it should be better absolutely and and I want to get to i don't want to get back. To where they were out if if they did what you said if they went ten and two to a New Year Six bowl I'd say okay this is a team that could contend for a national title in twenty twenty four an right. SEC title that's what all this money whether it's to Jimbo whether it's to the that's what all this is about they're not they're not doing that just to uh, you know be the butt of everyone's jokes when they lose to App State you know obviously so
2: I want to ask you because you mentioned Petrino you know that's you know, you know Jimbo better than anybody in this room, you know, and it feels like every time that name comes up, there's a little bit of yeah. animosity or something, you know, there's just something. He's just not coming out. Like we had drink earlier this week. He says, hey, I'm releasing this
1: offense yep. to
2: my new coordinator.
1: Freeze, do the yeah, same, right? Why,
2: why are we not why, – why do you think the reluctance – is it the pride – you think, with Jimbo?
1: I think it's – all right, so it's, I don't think it's animosity with Petrino, just yeah, right. from the simple – and I'm it's not saying they're going to get – yeah, but I'm not saying they're going to get along perfectly either. I mean – big you got, words, you know, I throw them out there. <laughs> <now. laughs> me too. You're like uh, my, my – They don't our always other, hit, you know. Our, <laughs> other, our other co-owner, Hunter, I always give him a hard time. He just makes up words. So I just call him words that I make up just to see if he starts using yeah. them, and he yeah. does, so it's pretty funny. But uh, – no, I, I think obviously in a highly competitive situation, you're going to see they're going to – camera will probably catch them having words. It might not take more than a couple games. But yeah. I think he's so excited about having I, – I don't think – I know how fired up he is about Petrino. And don't forget, there's also Jim Cheney's on the staff now as an analyst. And enough people don't talk about that. I don't feel like when you look at – his yeah. resume, yeah. and his personality for any, you know, he's an awesome dude. Like, he's yeah. kind of I mean, like a – he's kind of probably the guy that can step between. And go but you think about that room right now, and it's, it's Jimbo, it's Petrino, it's Chaney, it's, you know, Steve Adazio, who's been head coach at three different spots. Yeah. It's Coley, who's been an OC at Miami and Georgia. I think Jimbo's having a lot of fun right now. And even talking to like Coley and some of those other guys, I think there's a lot of fun in that offensive staff room where it all seems new and fresh. Even though it's going to be very similar schematically, I think things like the formations and the pre-snap motion and the the verbiage and and the pace of play are going to change more than like what they're attempting to do philosophically. So, um, why does he not say it? I just I don't I don't know and and. Yeah. I, I think there's some level, and, and I'm not saying it's the way I would be, yeah. but I just think he's just going, I'm not going to tell. It's kind of like Nick Saban with, a, was it Maria Taylor? You know, I'm not answering, so stop it. I think it's almost <laughs> like that, and you know how these coaches <laughs> yeah. can be, and I think it's literally like the more you guys ask, the less I'm going to answer. And, and then he answered it to Feinbaum. <laughs> like, like, wait, right before he left, It's like literally on the way out of town, sits down with Paul, and I don't even know that Paul, how, you know, and he just boom, boom, and, and that was it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait, what just happened? So I don't know. Oh. I, I'm not a psychologist. I play one on, on so <laughs> you, know. you,
0: you mentioned Connor Wigman and quarterback rankings. I don't know if you've seen mine, but I put them out Fourth of July, yeah. and what I do, it, it's, it's different. I, I'm not ranking them today. I'm projecting where they would rank at the end of the season. Yeah. I have Connor Wigman as a top-five quarterback in the SEC. Is that realistic, do you think, with Bobby Petrino, yeah. with what I think is the best receiving core in the SEC, with every experience on the offensive line, five-star running back behind him, he's got all the pieces. Do you think he can be a top-five quarterback in the, in the SEC? Yeah, I
1: do. And, and, and to me, this is why you're good at what you do. And, you know... There's probably a quarterback that you had 11 that their fan base is raging about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you're, you're looking ahead. You're showing some foresight with that. And, and, I, and you're going out on a limb that other people in the league haven't got. I feel like Connor. first of all, I'm, I will say this. Max Johnson had a really good spring. Yeah. This dude, like, threw for 2,800 yards and 27 touchdowns and six picks at LSU. He beat Arkansas and Miami when A&M was at rock bottom last year. Um, people are just completely forgetting about him. And even to a fault, I think even sometimes I don't talk about him enough.
0: Even at LSU, out-dude yeah. Kyle Trask, out Matt Corral. So yeah. Big, big wins for LSU, too.
1: Yeah. Beat A&M. And it was – y'all watch that game. That was all him. Yeah. That was – no one else on that. It, that was – Max Johnson beat A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then, literally a couple weeks later, he's transferring. It's so weird today, right? But he, uh, that battle's not over. I just think Connor's the future of the position in a And M. And but he just has he has he's gonna have to go out and win it because Max Max is he pushed him all spring. I, I would call it dead even coming out of spring. But the way Connor finished the year, he's a five star himself, you know, and beating LSU. And I know a chain ran wild, but go watch that game and some of the throws he made early and late. Mm-hmm. So the scramble on third and Under eight to outrun Perkins, Perkins. Yeah. yeah, like he played like a, a and he is he's a winner, he's a dog he's and the players know that about him uh but i look eight eight touchdowns, no turnovers last year. last time we saw him, he's beaten l s u he had the pedigree. Um, I think he is probably the most slept-on quarterback in the league. Your ranking, notwithstanding, and I think five's fair. I think that's somewhere in that five to seven range. You yeah. know, and, and to me, to start the year, I'd have him ahead of a lot of guys that people, you know, have ahead of him. I I don't know. He, if you go back and look at his game against Ole Miss, statistically, it's one of the best first starts by a true freshman in SEC history. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was you that was putting that out. Somebody – I was shocked to see it. Like, it was something in the 330-something the yard game, range, right? four touchdowns, yeah. no turnovers, some rushing yards. It was like 400 yards of offense. It was he had one pretty throw, insane.
0: the guy, guy was about to hit him in the face. Defenders all around Evan Stewart, he put it where only he could do it. It was one of the most impressive throws I saw last year.
1: Yeah, and it's so much – and that's what I love about Wiggy is it's so much off feel. And, and, and you know, he got wiped out in that old Miss game. He got hit and, and really probably knocked out, I think, on the next play through a touchdown yeah. to Noah Thomas. He's tough. He's not a – he's a tall dude. He's, he's you know, he's probably – a little taller than me, I'm a little over six two. He's probably six three, but he's he's still had you know he's he's you can tell he's still a kid that played baseball and didn't do a lot of weight rooms. But yeah. he is uh, he's tough, but so instinctive. That's the thing I like at quarterback: be instinctive, just make plays. When he runs, he's like more like Mahomes than Johnny, as he's running to get himself some room to throw it, and he can find guys off schedule, hit him on target. And gets rid of the ball really quickly. So, if he wins that job and starts to come into his own, I'll, I'm excited about what he can do. Yeah.
0: We had someone on, Billy, this week. They said, you think SEC fans are arrogant? Just wait till this damn Texas comes into the league. Yeah. Can you give us uh, a – and did you see they're saying horns down, it's going to be a, a penalty perhaps in the SEC. Yeah. We're not going to let this bullshit fly. Yeah,
1: we? we don't need that shit. Like, we, we don't need – and i can tell all my longhorn friends i got so many of them, even some of the ones on twitter that we go back i, I, I like it's all in love but i hate them i hate <laughs> i hate texas and i hate but but i i love the individuals and and so many of them come up to me and we say hey i'll battle it out with you on twitter. it's 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 all in fun but damn it's one of those rivals that i i hate the thought of losing to them more than i love the idea of beating yeah. them they're it's that so the SEC is getting a great rivalry with a lot of hate. And, look, you're bringing back A&M, Texas. OU, Texas is coming in. Texas, Arkansas. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Probably Oklahoma, Missouri. That will be a good OU, one. OU,
1: Missouri. And I think you're bringing in two of the three. Egg Bowl will be in there, too. But maybe two of the three best rivalries in the conference are going to be because of this move. Yeah, Aggies and Longhorns. And the red, you know, the Red River Shootout at the Cotton Bowl, to go along with the Iron Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's how big these are going to be. But yes, they are insanely arrogant. <laughs> they think they're going to go. Be- see, see, they think because they almost beat Bama that <laughs> it's fine. Like, see, that that lee- that league's nothing. That league's nothing. Well. You almost beat Bama in one game, and then you went and played in the Big 12. Right. And you know how many games Bama's almost lost in the last two years? Probably like eight or nine, ten of them even, if you count the losses and the near misses. Right. And they, they, they go crazy about oh, A&M and moral victories. more. And you go, you guys, this is the ultimate moral victory. <laughs> A&M actually beat Bama a year ago. Well, you, we had a, you know. If Quinn Ewers wouldn't got hurt, A&M <laughs> beat them with a backup court. Like, the, they will never stop. Right. <laughs> they will never stop. And you cannot beat them enough for them to be, like, humble or, or anything. Like, think about this. They've ridiculed A&M for the last 12 years being in the league. Uh, it's overrated. It's top heavy. You guys haven't done anything. Then – they come into the conference, and it's like they're planning the parade and the celebrations, <laughs> and they, they can't wait to play at all these places that they've downplayed. It, the, the most hypocritical, arrogant fan base in, I would say, college sports, I would say in, in U.S. sports yeah. are the Longhorns. And God bless them because, like I said, I really, some of my dear friends and I some coaches on that staff I have the world of respect for, uh, a couple of them have been at A&M. Yeah. Great dudes. But, yeah, man, when, screw when do you, them. When do you I mean, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait till the Aggies and Horns play. I, didn't, I wanted it at Kyle Field just because you'd rather it be there than not. Right. But it, it doesn't matter where they play. I didn't want to play them while they were in the Big 12 because I just felt like you're throwing them a lifeline. Yeah. You look at their home schedule every year. before. Now they're starting to add – a big name. But even now, those home and homes are every other year. So they play Bama at home. They don't – anybody good at home this year. Next year they play – I don't know who it is. If it's Michigan or somebody. The year after that, it's nobody. They wanted A&M in there, so it would be Bama, A&M, Michigan, A&M, LSU. You know, that's how they were teeing it up. Why give them that? When you're in the SEC, you have the recruiting advantage with that. Why give them any help when, when if you split with them 1-1 one and one or 2-2 two and two over four years, they're winning because yeah. the record's the same, but they're gaining, they're gaining an advantage by having that big game that they otherwise don't have. You don't need it with yeah. all your p- – so I didn't like it then. Now I love it. Now I love it. And, and now I, I just wanted it to be a big stakes game. And with both of them in the SEC, it's a level playing field. Is, I, is I, I think Sox doing a good this, job right now.
2: Is there a particular time in the season you'd like to see these? I mean, do you want this game one opener or how? How would Thanksgiving? you like? That?
1: Do what? I? Thanks, I've Thanksgiving. heard Thanksgiving float. That's around. what I like because as much as the LSU game, LSU fans don't want to call it a rivalry. I'm like, well, I want to talk about that and say, but but I'd like it to be Thanksgiving just because yeah. of the history of it, and I'm a little bit nervous that in that first game they might try to make it. Week one or week two, just because it's back, and, right. and I could see the SEC saying, "Man, let's just blow it out." Yeah. I wouldn't like that because that early in the season, you know teams aren't what they're going to become right Thanksgiving, both those teams could be you know six and five, and it's a massive game
2: yeah. right.
1: God forbid if they're both and by the way, you look at both their rosters and Sark I, I'm giving Texas a, a, a lot of shit, but Sark he's doing I think an infinitely better job than Venables yeah. in terms of building his roster to be ready for this league. And that's because he's at Bama. Flood's been at Bama. Jeff Banks has been at Bama and A&M. Mm-hmm. Terry Joseph's been at A&M. He's got a staff that that knows, like, if we don't go in there with a certain amount of talent, particularly in the trenches, it ain't going to go well. So I think they're doing a better job. That game could be. If A&M has the kind of season that you think they are and that I hope they do, that 24 AM Texas game could be among the biggest in this conference, not because of the rivalry, because of, like, what's at stake. So, But LSU, they don't think it's a rivalry. They'll tell you that. You know, all our guys over here will say, we've had a premature Gatorade dump. We've had a fist fight on the sidelines. We've had, uh, you know, Coach Craig Thorpe, who is another Aggie guy, and good friend of mine, but the thing with the pacemaker after yeah. that game you had a storm the field you had this year when AM beats the breaks off of them as they have a chance to you know right. reach the playoff you have joe burrow on senior night getting his revenge and go you know 50 to 3 on AM, 7 overtimes do we need to keep going like scott woodward leave him Jimbo Fisher who they hate and now he's 3-2 and two against LSU after A&M could never beat LSU uh, it's one thing after another hell LSU just hired A&M's pitching coach I can just keep going this is it is a absolutely a rivalry and, and they don't want to they don't want to call it that, but damn, it's it's a robbery. That's why we Kendrick Rogers and I do a podcast. Mm-hmm. We call it the Make It a Cup Podcast because they get so mad that they <laughs> ain't <even> made cups, <laughs> which is silly. I get it. I don't own one of the cups, but they made seventy four, seventy two cups, and I'm going, all right. It, it is. I wish they wouldn't have just because all the crap we catch, but yeah, it was one. It was like the, a historic game. It was like yeah, the no longest doubt. game ever. Um, but still, the Cubs, I know. It I went on that. so long. I get it, it he LSU. Fell asleep. Asleep. He fell asleep. <laughs> did I you? I I gave up. Yeah. i <laughs> tell you a funny story about that is Johnny, uh, I was down on the field, and a buddy of ours has a suite up there, and it's, it's quite the party suite. So I try to stay away from it during games since I'm working down <laughs> there. So but they're up there. Kellen throws the pick, and Johnny is in a race to get to the chimneys, the bar. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go you know interception let's go he said as soon as it was in the air he knew it was a pick he goes come on and and everybody left yeah they race down to beat the traffic they get to the bar and he's like they don't even know what happened they don't even know that the knee was down Golly. and they won't let him back into the stadium <laughs> and so they're out there watching the whole game seven overtimes oh, from the bar no. and can't get back in oh, pretty funny man. i was gonna
0: ask for a bad zil story and you delivered billy last thing real yeah. quick Manziel documentary, I know you're close with Johnny. It's coming out. I assume you're in it, and and can you tell us anything about that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in it. Um, I didn't know how much. They interviewed me uh, after the first football game last year, It's almost a year ago. Uh, Really bad hair, but we're just going (laughs) to plow through that. I wasn't ready for it. I was like, I had a hat, and they're like, oh, you can't wear a hat. And I'm going why i see i see documentaries people but i didn't want it they were so good and they're so i mean it was an incredible interview they interviewed me i think for like three hours and just so then they call and say you're you're you know you made the cut you're gonna be in it i think i don't i wouldn't say a lot but i'm gonna be in it more than just a quote you know and uh so i'm excited to see it um i don't know where it's gonna where it's gonna go um I kind—I of, know who they interviewed and stuff. I get the feeling, and I have no idea, because I—I—and I i i, I do not know if they would have divulged you a little more or not. But I just feel like when you're dealing with those creatives, and they did such a—they're such cool people. And they did such a badass job with the Manta Tail mm-hmm. one. It's yeah. the same, yeah. same producers and, and everything. And um, so I didn't want to just push the limits of how much I could. I was just grateful that they included me, and we provided them with a lot of footage from Texags. So. I I think I the vibe what I think it kind of will be is more of a this is this was this magical little moment in time where everything just kind of came together for yeah. this guy and what was it about that place at that time that allowed this to happen and 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 I could be totally wrong but for and and for a a player that didn't had didn't sniff any professional success 10 years later he still moves the needle. Yeah. You know, I, I meant to bring it up to Paul. You know, it was 10 years ago. Where are we going into the 23 season? 10 years ago, right now, going in the 13 season, right, was that circus that this place was when Johnny missed the Manning camp or got <laughs> kicked, yeah, kicked yeah, out yeah. of Manning <laughs> camp a couple of days earlier and comes into media day. And Paul would say it. and was, The only thing that was comparable was when Tebow – came through before his last year at Florida, and it was a absolute circus and and ten years later he does still move the needle um just and it was it was so interesting because it's because he how he played the game mm-hmm. and to me like how he went about living his life in a party life mm-hmm. let's just call it that he, he's not out there hurting he, he's a He's a I mean, he's like a little brother. I mean, he's a great dude. We lived in just on a different scale. Yes. Yeah, the same, right? Everybody everybody does it to scale. I've right, had plenty right. of wild I've had friends that are a lot wilder than Johnny. I've had friends that are, are close friends of mine that when in their college days were were assholes. They were really mean, like beating people up. And so you know, like football people. But Johnny wasn't that. He just he just pushed it to the limits of having fun and he understood the access. He had it at his fingertips, and it kind of coincided with social media. Had he been 10 years earlier, he's not connecting with Drake and LeBron and and having people DM him, or he knew, I can tweet that I'm going to be at at this concert, Mm -hmm. and there's a chance that that artist or their right-hand guy or something are going to message me and say, hey, come backstage, or how many passes. You know, he figured that out real quickly, and and that's – that's a lot on a kid that at the time was literally 19 turning 20. So, uh, But I think it's – I think Johnny's looking – I know he's looking forward. You, he's probably like, am I wonder how this is going to yeah. play out? I, I think he's seen it. I haven't even talked to him about that, but I talked to him a couple of weeks ago prior, and he was – he's like, it's 10 years in, man. I'm about to be 30. This is the perfect way to kind of – close that chapter yeah mm-hmm. and he's he's not shamed of it. he's proud he's like that was a legendary run <laughs> yeah. and a he's like run. he was he's like he said that to me he's like that was legendary legends don't the legend of that will never die he's like but it's 10 years later he's in a good a good spot and he's yeah. like it's a perfect way just to kind of close that chapter for him personally mm-hmm. so it, it's i'm excited to see it i'm really excited yeah, about that wait. florida <laughs> one too oh, oh yeah yeah That's we get yeah. All right, Billy.
0: Everybody knows who you are, but can you tell the audience in case they don't know where can they find you?
1: Yeah, you texags. dot com is our site and and all things A and M. But you know we talk about everything SEC over there. Because again, it's another beauty about this league is everybody cares about everybody. Yeah. We all hate everybody. We all love everybody. <laughs> we all care about. Um, and uh, tech on Twitter, it's at Billy Lucci. Same on Instagram, but I I'm kind of boring on there. That's just my little <laughs> vacation. All right. <laughs> stories or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> at Billy Lucci on Twitter, L-I-U-C-C-I.
0: I wow. really appreciate it, Billy. That was yeah, great. Thanks, great, man.
1: Man.